Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today's episode is number 24, A Farmer's Life for Me. And our special guest and your usual host is John <laughs> Lemon. Welcome, John, to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Jessica. <laughs> this is really a treat to have, have me on a podcast. Thank you. Right. A rare treat for you <laughs> for you to be on a podcast. So John and I thought it would be fun to sort of reverse our roles a little bit and have me host. So today I'm going to be interviewing John about obviously being a farmer. So Farmer John. Farmer John. Yes, is on the you podcast. prefer Farmer John or Um that's what I'm famous for, <laughs> so you know, sometimes these titles don't pick yes. us. They yes. we pick them or something like famous that. Famous in your community. Correct. So is there a, yes, oh, the drinks. Yes. He's helping me out here. I'm getting prompted because I usually just sit here and wait for my prompt. <laughs> okay, so we're drinking, you poured it. What are we drinking? We're drinking a red wine and I completely forget the name. Although rumpus. it had rumpus. the rumpus. The rumpus. The rumpus? The rumpus? Oh man, I, I knew I rumpus. should have brought the bottle up here. It's called, well, yeah, because we'd be drinking the whole bottle. That's why I didn't bring it up here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's called rumpus. It is a red wine. It is a Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. It's good. And it tastes really good. What do you think of it? Let me have a little sip. I don't think we've ever had this before. Mm-mm. Oh, it does taste good. It's not too dry, actually. It is I not too dry. dry. It is um very, very good. It is good. So, yeah, I think we were not going to have wine, but then I finished my book today, a draft of my book today. It's the final book in the series that I'm writing, and I just thought... That calls for a glass of wine. <laughs> right. Well, anytime you finish something that big and you've worked yeah. on it for months and weeks and yes, multiple, multiple, actually, well, even almost multiple years, really, because you started with the proposal. Yeah, that's over a good point. A year ago, probably. That's a good then, point. Yeah. You know, so you'd writ, written, you wrote part of it then, mm -hmm. and then you just completed it. So anytime we do that, we like to celebrate because yes. it's a big deal. It's a and very big deal. A lot of times I don't. So I'm trying to get better about that. Not that I don't have wine in celebration, but I right. rarely do I sit back and say, wow, this is a big deal. This is a whole series. I finished my vision that I had and it's going to be a real book someday and, you know, next July or whatever. Um, rarely do I do that. I usually go, all right, what's next? And how much time do I have to do it? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. I think it's also easier um, since that the audience learned at the last podcast, episode number 23, that I no longer have a job, so it's yes. a little easier to have a glass of wine at 4.08 Yes, isn't PM. it nice? Yeah. yeah, normally I'd have to wait till after 5. I know, and normally so. I would have to wait till after 5 because, not that I would have to, but I would usually try and wait for you. So I don't want to lap you too much. So you're saying days. I was holding you back, is what you're <laughs> trying to it. say. A little bit. You're feel, keeping I me from like my for sure. 4 p.m. happy hours. Because <laughs> exactly. I really do tend to wrap my day around 3 or 4 o'clock and... Anything else I do after three or four o'clock is usually update the website or, you know, um, social media, or social media, fun. something, yeah, something that's, a more... it's a little, yeah, a little shorter than, you know, I have to finish the draft of this 50,000 word book, but, um, it's nice some days just to stop. <laughs> yeah. So. so are you allowed to say what the name of the book is, or is that a spoiler alert? Well, it doesn't have a title yet. Oh, okay. It's in the Kiss and Tell series, okay. is the series name, and... Um, this is book three, and right now it's just book three because we haven't settled on a title. So, gotcha. But it is the Kiss and Tell series, which starts next February with 
his forbidden kiss. <laughs> and the next book that follows will be One Wild Kiss. And I'm assuming that book three will be Something Something Kiss. Something <laughs> this, has to do with a kiss. This seems to be the trend <laughs> for the series. It's, it's, going, but, it's going that direction. Yeah, that but it sense. was only three books. So this is the third and final. And even though it was a, just a draft and there are still edits coming, finishing that first draft is a big, big win. It is a big deal. And that's what we're celebrating with some wine. Yes, cheers. In a podcast. Yes. How fun. Yep. So. So should we dive into well, talking it's about your farming? Po- you're in okay. charge of this podcast. I'm merely a guest on <laughs> okay. the One Drink with John podcast. Merely a guest. Merely a guest. All right. Well, let's start with an easy one. How long have you been farming? That is a great question. I started, well, we grew up on a farm as a kid. Um, but we didn't actually farm the farm, but we did live on uh, like 60 acres and there was cows there and a creek and all kinds of fun stuff. And so I kind of felt like, I mean, we always played in the barn and stuff, much to my granny's chagrin, <laughs> but, uh, right. But that always... thing looks like termites holding hands. That right. thing is scary. Well, they even had purposeful holes in the barn floor to drop down, uh, grain or, or bales of hay or whatever to the cows that would be, you know, bedding underneath. And so uh, I think there's a story that my my grandma told the one farmer, you know, don't just be careful with those holes. And he's like, I know where they all are. And, and the story goes that he turned around and walked right down into one. So I don't know. I don't know if that's true. There was the outline. I, I feel like this is like a cartoon outline of a tractor out the back of the farm. Of the barn, yeah, where and literally a, a tractor had gone out the back, yeah. So and it was in the shape of a tractor. It was well, it doesn't really it happen wasn't that way, really though, right? In the shape of a tractor, <laughs> like Wiley Coyote. Yes, not that's driving exactly tractor, what I was thinking of. But it was pretty cool. So, right. but yeah, how long have I been farming? So I mean, I grew up on a farm. I knew about farming, um, and then when I was thirteen, my first job was at Kirkham's Farm Market, at a local farm market, and I got paid 10 cents a pound, 10 cents a pound to pick green beans. Whoa. In the middle of the summer heat, sitting How on a How many hours bucket. would that take? Do you remember? I wish I knew. Yeah. Um, I, I've thought about it a lot lately since I planted beans this year. I mean, I don't know uh, if child labor laws are retroactive, but well, I might I look got, into No, that. I don't think it did because I, I mean, think I got like a, a W&I or a... W-2 or... Did you really? Or, uh, 1099, so I'm It was sorry. a real job. Yeah, it was a yeah. real job. I think it shows all my Social Security income that I got income. Oh, my goodness. And you're how old? I was 13. 13. So 13, 14, and 15 uh, in the summers, I worked at Kirkham's Farm Market. Uh, again, the first year, I, I picked beans. And it is interesting. I wonder how long it took because I've been picking green beans this past year. Mm-hmm. And every time I do that, I just remember... Being out in the field one, this is really, <coughs> really me. difficult to do. <laughs> I forgot how hard it is. Did to you do, like so. it at the time? I liked making the money. Ah, there it is. And every day I'm like, oh, cool, I'll make some money. And then probably halfway through the day, in the middle of the heat, sitting on a five-gallon bucket picking <laughs> beans, I'm like, this is horrible. But, <laughs> but no. at no point were you thinking, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is what I'm going to do when I'm 44. I can't wait. I mean, I have like green bean (laughs) memories too because my um, family has always had gardens, right? And I remember many, many an occasion of sitting with my grandmother with a five-gallon bucket of green beans and stringing them, right? Breaking breaking beans because they were canning them or whatever. Um, So I I know how to break a green bean. (laughs) I've had a lot of (laughs) practice practice. at it. But yeah, so so the first year I picked beans and then after that... 
Um, I think I got paid hourly, which was probably like back in the day, like $2 an hour. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. minimum wage was. And um, we we would do other things. You know, we picked tomatoes. I, I remember helping him um, plant things in the season. We would sit behind a, some kind of rig on the back of a tractor. We'd plant tomato plants as he went up and down the rows. And so I remember doing a lot of other things. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was probably the next year, at least when I was 15, I remember we did a lot, even driving the tractor around. Oh, they nice. Corn. And so yeah. it was just, yeah, we did a lot of stuff. I remember picking okra, kind of an odd thing. It is odd. To remember. That they, I didn't know that we, they grew it in Ohio. They did. Yeah, oh, yeah. You I thought it was it a here. southern thing, but. Yeah, in fact, I think one of our neighbors has it. I've seen it. But yeah, it was kind of interesting. I remember picking it. Like, have you ever eaten plant. it outside of a bowl of soup? I think I've had no. it fried one time. Fried okra, yeah. Which, so. I mean, fried vegetables. Fried anything. Fried, good, well, yeah. yeah. Good point. Good but point. yeah, that's when I... That's when I first started, you know, quote unquote farming. Um, and then, of course, this year I turned into Farmer John. And right. Started a you farmer. turned into, like, I did. you made yourself sound like Superman. I did. Like I you went, ran into I went the barn. booth. <laughs> I went, no, you're right. I ran into the ran into the greenhouse and it came out as Farmer John. Yeah. So. Because you started a farmer's market in your community, in did. our community. And where did you come up with the idea of doing that? Did you just wake up one morning and think, I'm going to sell vegetables? <laughs> I thought, you know, my life's passion is to sell vegetables. <laughs> no, I, we went to this really cool place called Serenby, which I think we've talked about on other podcasts. Yes, I think we have. And I based else. a book on it. I think we were talking about yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. That's right. I forgot about that. But uh, we went to Serenby a couple years ago and... It's outside of Atlanta. It's a wellness community. And one of the coolest things that I liked about it is they had a, an organic farm. And we took a tour of their organic farm. And they do like a CSA program. And you can buy your vegetables there. Plant starts. And they, um, the restaurants that are there buy you know all the produce that they can from the farm there. And I just thought that was such a cool concept. And so I wanted to bring that back to where we live here in Lockengren. And, you know, with deed restrictions as they are, you can't really start necessarily an organic farm. Well, I mean, without like buying land outside of the lake area, um, which, you know, I didn't want to do. And so I had been studying uh, Curtis Stone, the urban farmer, and um, his teaching shows you how to grow and actually, you know, start a farm market in, you know, in your backyard or like leasing it from other friends and, and neighbors. Right, because you probably thought, like most people think... That you're going to have to go buy this giant plot of land and get a tractor and live out on some acreage right. to do this successfully. Yeah, you're going to have 10, 20 acres, right? Yeah, and you learned going. you don't need that much space to Correct. have. And you, and I mean, it's a testament to to his, what his he taught system. you, yeah. his system. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. That it works because you had, yes, part, part of our backyard and you had part of a friend's backyard where you had like a couple of pretty good sized squares, right. but you didn't have acres and acres and all this expensive no. equipment. You very much farmed I did. like yourself. Yeah, and I I think I added it up. I think I probably had somewhere around a, it was only like a tenth of an acre um, that mm-hmm. was actually, you know, being planted. And it might have been less than that, honestly. And it was amazing the stuff that I was able to grow. But anyways, we went to Serenby and I saw the farm and I came back home and I said, you know, I really would like to start, you know, getting local produce here and organic produce. And so I decided to came with the idea of starting a farmer's market here and, uh, you know, getting some other other folks to have some booths and uh, sell some 
some uh, some goodies. What else do we have at the farmer's market? So yeah. We had, oh, you had um, kettle corn. Right. And we had a visiting coffee vendor. We had uh, some woodworking. Yeah, the woodworking um, was, well, he was there almost every week. Like some cleaning nice. products a couple of times. Um, yeah, just like some The local community um, arts and crafts had mm-hmm. a booth for a few weeks, right? Was it? Yeah, they did. Uh, and one of the churches had yeah, a group one there of the local too, churches. did some stuff. But it worked out really well. Um, and of course, Bevan had her lotions and potions. That's right. That's What's her right. name? It's fabulously... Wicked. Wickedly right? fabulous. Wickedly fabulous or something. Yes. Wickedly something. The stuff she's, is awesome. She's though. going to choke us and we're she's, not going to... Yeah, she's... Sorry, sorry Bev. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we use it all. <laughs> we do. Yeah, you, did you use the uh, dry shampoo today? You probably did, I right? did not. Okay. I actually used regular shampoo. You should have. <laughs> I should have because then I would remember the name. <laughs> But yeah, the farmer's market, um, in fact, what was interesting is on one of the uh, local uh, Facebook groups, I saw somebody had posted a, a comment a while back and said, oh, you know, anybody thought of doing a farmer's market? And I actually got on there and said, yes, I do. I'm actually in the process of putting it together. Mm. And so I did the rigorous work of researching and trying to figure out how to do that legally and all those things, sure. getting insurance. What you found required an LLC... Correct. That was Insurance the easiest way to do for it. for the people participating. Like, it was more involved, I think, than yeah, we would have imagined. It's not like a garage sale. It's Yeah, it was a little more involved. We had to lease the land from the local water authority <clears throat> because I wanted to use the one parking lot that was out front. It was the just... land meaning where you put the farmer's market. Correct. Yeah. The, the location for the farmer's market, mm-hmm. which was a, 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 a parking lot out front um, near the front gate. So it had high traffic. So, But no, there was a lot involved. It took months to do it, really. Um, and it worked out really well. The support from the community was really, really good. And, uh, yeah, I was just really excited. And so, so we had the Lock and Grin Farmers Market, uh, LLC that I had created to run the farmers market and, you know, and people would pay a small amount for the booth space. And then I also had Farmer John's Market Garden, which was my booth that mm-hmm. I had at the Farmer's Market, yeah. which is totally confusing. But which was beautiful, what... by the way. The setup was just gorgeous. And um, that was actually going to be my next question is, did you get any specific feedback during the Farmer's Market, during the months that you ran this far- Farmer's Market on your booth in particular? I know you can't really speak to everybody else's, but on your booth in particular, how was it um, communicating with your neighbors slash customers <laughs> yeah neighbors friends and customers yeah. yeah i had wonderful feedback i was really really surprised um that everybody was just excited about it um they're really excited about the branding that i used um just how everything looked you know nice and clean and crisp and just the way i had you know a nice banner for mm-hmm. the for my for my booth and, and we'll for my put stand. a fo- we'll put a photo of the actual farmers market because I know you've got several oh yeah on um on the podcast oh yeah that can be the picture yeah, of your that'll podcast be the, that'll be perfect actually. yeah so. you should probably do a blog on that too not to add to do your to do list but well I don't have a job so my to do <laughs> so list is pretty small <laughs> so many um, gorgeous pictures and every week it was beautiful and I remember your mom came out to visit to see it in person and I said. <laughs> You know, she had to drive probably an hour to get here. And I said, you know, I drove out because I John's usually set up and did his thing. So I drove out on the golf cart with a dog and was like, told your mom, I said, oh, what, do you, what brings you out this way? And she gestured at your booth and said, 
this. John told me to come and see it, and here I am. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. mom came out and support us too. So. Yeah, that was nice. But I think we had a lot of support, and a lot of times I would just come out and just hang out for an hour just to talk to our friends who were all there. Right. It was and really convenient too because it was close. Uh, you know, a lot of people drive in and out right by there, by the front gate, to go get gas or to go to the sure. store or something. You were right the there at the entrance, yeah. Yeah, so that worked And then out well. this led into another component of the farmer's market that I d- don't know if you anticipated or not, but tell me about, and tell everybody listening, about Tasty Tuesday. Oh, yeah. So Tasty Tuesday um, is is the, the name I heard on another YouTube video or something. Somebody had somewhere in Maine, they were doing a... Uh, some kind of farmer's market they called it they would do it on tuesday they called tasty tuesday and i thought what a cool name and so what i because you held the farmer's market on a farmer's markets were saturday yes correct all saturdays all season long um and one of the things i want to backtrack real quick part of or most of the reason that my branding looks really good is part of it is my lovely wife jessica oh stop it who no i'm serious (laughs) you do a really good job with the logo and the branding and all that you helped me put that together which was awesome i mean if you guys had (laughs) seen the the little drawing it was probably i think was it on a napkin or a piece of paper usually it's on a post-it where i'm like all right here's what i need you to do and you're like okay (laughs) the hieroglyphics and and then it's like translate with a little stick figure and like misspelled words Um, but she turned that really well and a lot of the branding and ideas too i took a class uh from curtis stone um, and eric schultz at uh, steadfast farm uh, a week-long class at their farm in Phoenix, Arizona. And I did mm-hmm. that at the end of February before the season started. And I got tons of ideas, uh, the branding. They went over the branding in the class. And I just love the way Steadfast Farm looked just so nice and clean. And so I kind of, you know, modeled it after that a little bit. And it just turned out really, really well. But, you know, obviously Jess helped a ton with the logo. And uh, that, that just helped a lot. So... Well, good. What was the question? I can't remember. What. Tasty Tuesday. Oh, Tasty Tuesday. Yes, <laughs> we were talking about thing. the farmer's market being on a Saturday, yeah. and you said you got an idea from a YouTuber to name it Tasty Tuesday, and that's where you Yeah, said. so I came with the name Tasty Tuesday, and it actually didn't start with Tasty Tuesday until halfway through the year, but at the beginning of the season, before the farmer's market started, um, I had quite a bit of vegetables that had already come in, and so I was trying to figure out a way to kind of test, test run, um, you know, harvesting, washing, things like that. And so I had, um, the week before, I had text or talked to uh, a group of friends. I think it was like probably eight of them. And I said, hey, I'm going to do a bag of vegetables. It's going to be 20 bucks. I'm going to load it up. You know, will you A bag a- meaning it's a big um, reusable like, correct. shopping bag full correct. of random, not random, but right. a selection of yeah. seasonal, yep. yeah, seasonal selection of vegetables. Mm-hmm. And I asked them if they would kind of help me test this. And so I delivered eight of those and it ended up, I don't know if it was a Tuesday that week or not. It might have been a Saturday um, to begin with. And so that worked out well. And it was a, a good test, uh, kind of a test run to, to figure out how, you know, what what was what I was going to be able to to pick and how I was going to process it and right. bunch it together and things and the feedback was really good. Yeah, that was wildly popular and I don't think either of us were really sure it was going to right. do much of anything, right? So, well, I hadn't really <laughs> I mean, that was just kind of a Like te- yes, you get people so interested in a test, week, but Right, but that was just like a test run the first time 
to like friends and friends basically. And then once the um, farmer's market started, I was really busy. I mean, the first week was crazy. I took a bunch of days off work and I still was like working until dark. And then uh, once it kind of got rolling, I noticed that I had a lot of produce that I either had picked, you know, farmer's market was Saturday. So I was harvesting, you know, things during the week and then on Friday. But then I noticed that I harvested things on Sunday and Monday, or I had a few things that were still really good that were left over from Saturday. And so I decided that like, well, maybe I could sell, you know, these $20 bags. And I came up with the idea for Tasty Tuesday. And so I would advertise it on a Facebook page and I would give it a selection of what was going to be in the bag. And it was $20. And then to uh, here at Lock and Grin at the Lake Community, it was a, it was 20 bucks and it was, delivery was free. And I did that yeah. on Tuesday because that was basically, um, it turned out by Tuesday because Golf League was on Monday. So I figured <laughs> Saturday was the so farmer's market. So let me get market. this straight. This is while you were working a full-time job and you were in yes. a Golf League every Monday night. So how mm-hmm. did you find time to do the farmer's market and the Tasty Tuesday knowing that you had the North Field, which is the nickname for the field at our friend's house? Right. That he's renting. Right. And you had our backyard garden. And you had Tasty Tuesday. And on Saturday, you ran the farmer's market for four hours. So where'd you find time? I have no idea, actually. That's <laughs> that's the best question. I did add it up. Because your job was I full-time. It, it was not part-time. Yeah, it was 40 hours at least, you know, at my job. And so, yeah, I mean, I added up the hours that I was working, you know, with the 40-plus hours at work. And then I was working at least another 30 hours on the farm. And so I would get up get up in the morning and sometimes I'd work at six o'clock, which is crazy for me because I'm usually a seven or eight o'clock kind of guy, but I'd get up, you I'd did. work a couple hours before and start, you know, then go to my job at nine o'clock. Be up. <laughs> sometimes I would run off on a lunch break to go do something really quick to get caught up. Um, and then I, you know, after five o'clock I'd work. So mornings, you know, and evenings. And then Friday mm-hmm. I would work really late trying to get everything prepped for the Saturday. And then I'd get up early Saturday morning get the signs out for the farmer's market. Cause keep in mind, I'm running the actual farmer's market and putting together my booth. So I have to like, make sure everybody knows what booth to get into and got to put the advertising up. Yes. Um, which I, I remember one Saturday. of, um, actually, I think it was Bevan who said, um, you know, you have a chart and you have everything so organized. It was like the easiest market she'd ever set up at. Right. right. The easiest place you'd ever see. Like, right. oh, yeah, he's got like the part. He's got a map. I got a map. <laughs> you know, he gave me a map. Yeah, I did a did a snapshot of a <clears throat> Google Maps of the parking lot. And then I used some uh, rudimentary art, clip art to uh, to put uh, to show everybody what booth they're in. Yeah. So that way when they came, they knew exactly. So there were also so. like, I mean, there there was a like an office portion of this farmer's thing. I know I saw a spreadsheet or two. I know you communicated via personal message with a lot of people every week about the Tasty Tuesday. I mean, there were a lot of elements. You were running the entire thing um, and your own booth. It was really, really impressive. And I... Good, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to sort of segue because I think that in asking how you found the time for it and you mm-hmm. saying, you don't know, but you just did. And it was right. 70 hour work week, some weeks right. or most weeks, I should say. It was, it was probably, um, yeah, I mean, and I know you were never before. here. So I know, <laughs> I know, I realized I had to go to the farmer's market to visit you. Right. Um, <laughs> now I tried to get Sundays. I tried to have 
most of Sunday, at least Sunday afternoon. Right, it's true. But I think that it's a... Sometimes I worked most of the day Sunday too, so... I think it's a great way to segue into if you want something bad enough, you'll work hard to get it. It I I had posted today on Facebook about um, one of my memories on Facebook back in 2000 and was it six years ago? It was oh, wow. 2013 was when I got my very first book was about to come out in paperback. It had come out in ebook earlier in the year and it was coming out in paperback. So I got my actual paperback and I, my very first book ever actual paperback in my hands. And I had talked a little bit about that. Like it's worth it if you want it so bad. So what is it about this that made you want it so bad that you worked above and beyond like all these work hours on all weekend and Tasty Tuesday? And what was it about growing vegetables that appealed to you so much? Yeah, I just, I love growing things. I really do. Um, I mean, mom had a garden, you know, we had a garden growing up and I always just liked growing it with a little berry patch and... I just, I don't know, I just really like to connect with nature. Again, I grew up on a farm. I mean, I played outside a ton as a kid. You love to be outside. So. Oh, I'm a big out, mm-hmm. uh, outdoor person. And um, in fact, when we were at our old house, probably f- six or so years ago, um, when I started brewing beer, I actually grew hops. And it was one of the first things I really didn't have a garden at the house, but I grew hops. I'm like, wow, that was so easy. And then I, after that, I then I grew broccoli and then I grew tomatoes. I grew a lot of different things. And it's just... There's just something about um, growing in this good earth, like a, the quote from Aragorn of um, from Lord of the Rings, where he's just like whatever he says at the the he's got that uh, Braveheart speech almost, oh, where he's right. just like, yes. where he's just like, oh, in this good earth, and I just there's something about getting your hands dirty, yeah, and growing, and it just I don't know, there's it's just like it's that a just connection. flips your switch. It yeah. is. It's a connection to God, a connection to nature. Yeah. Um, there's so many parallels between life and growing and starting a seed and having things that are seasonal, mm. things do well, yes. things don't do well. Um, the, How there's a gestation period for everything. Exactly. It takes time. Exactly. You don't plant a carrot seed and get a carrot tomorrow. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we expect, especially now with social media being what it is, we expect things to be immediate. But really, just like a baby takes nine months to get here, if there's this gestation period for everything. For your goals and your dreams and your and your carrots <laughs> you know yeah. it takes time yeah and it was i mean it was definitely very hard work um hard physical work i'm in actually the best shape i've been in you are like, that is not a brag like, you are people will be like have you lost weight you look good what are you doing and you would always answer farm strong baby <laughs> <laughs> But you have like all of this like lean svelte muscle all of a sudden where you, I remember you working out trying to attain that and couldn't get there. No. Like just the core strength that I have is silly. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, and I haven't done sit-ups or push-ups or anything. So stay tuned for John's workout video. I'm getting him some leotards. Farm strong, baby. (laughs) It's going to be called farm strong, baby. (laughs) So speaking of carrots and not of leotards, yes. what was your favorite crop to grow or your most successful crop? Um, the one that probably did the, what the, well, I did like the lettuce. Um, my salad mix turned out really, really well. 
and I sold a bunch of it. And I mean, I had, yeah, like the first week I had 36 bags of salad mix and I sold 33 of them, which was good because we had a couple left over for us. And then like the next week I sold all I had. And then I actually, I didn't calculate, well, you know, it's the first time I've done this, but I, I didn't realize how slow the lettuce was going to grow as it got warmer. And so I ran out where I yeah. had, I mean, a couple of weeks I had like six or eight bags. Yeah. And it was and like, I, it was gone. Yeah. Like, like I had, it was people, like a lottery. You like, had to show yeah, up and I mean, fight this, to the death this for one. one guy showed up and I forget his name, but he was so great. I swear he drove his golf cart up there like three weeks in a row. And he's like, did I get any time for the lettuce? I'm like, sorry, I already sold out. And so finally, you know, he yeah. was able to get it. But Oh, there's a run on lettuce. But that was my favorite one. Um, it was definitely the high, you know, it's a nice margin, you know, five bucks a bag for the sure. lettuce salad mix. And it would taste amazing. And it smelled amazing. I don't think I remember a time I've ever went to the grocery store, bought lettuce, opened the bag, and said, <laughs> "Wow, this lettuce smells great." You just—it's just not something you yeah, say. It usually smells like it's spoiled, and you. Better All right, eat like it. oh, how many rotten leaves are in the bottom of this right. one, right? Because they're probably weeks old by the time you get them. Meanwhile, right. my mom and I were just talking about this, and she said. The lettuce John gave me is still good, and she had had it like since October tenth. Right, remember it was a couple weeks old at least. Yeah, we went out mm-hmm. for my grandmother's birthday to dinner, and you gifted them the lettuce, and yeah, it'll sit in the bag for weeks and be good, and that is amazing. So that yeah. was very successful for you, and for good reason. So yeah, and I think that was I haven't done all the numbers because um, I did have a a bunch of spreadsheets, had a master spreadsheet to show everything I tracked. All the sales, but I, I that was definitely. Um, I'm gonna guess that that's probably the most dollars that I made was on the salad mix. But then the tomatoes did really well this year, <clears throat> and I mean, but your salad mix is also hand cut, it is so it is. yeah, you make money on it, but you're also that's well, the how labor, you're... it's the hardest labor, yeah. I, mean, I have to train, you know, I and there's rows and rows of those leaves, and you have to wash and dry them, right. like, yeah, you have to wash, dry, don't and they get triple them. washed. Yep. Double wash, triple rinsed, triple rinsed, triple rinsed. Yeah, so it's it's the highest labor product, you know, produce that I sell. But it's you know, I definitely made the most money on that. I would say, and then and everybody knows what to some, do with it, right? Right, it's That's easy. Huge. Yeah, it's not yeah. like yeah, where I had turnips and I had just as huge. I had a, the turnip tower at the first month of the market because I had so yes, many turnips. They were so beautiful. But not everybody knew what to do with a turnip. And honestly I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know. I came up with ideas from people that came by. I, I don't know if Did you grow up eating turnips? No. I didn't I either. If... Did you eat a turnip this year? I'm gonna out you on your podcast. I did. Oh you I did? totally ate a turnip. Absolutely. I ate, I ate multiple turnips. When did this you year. eat it? I put it in a salad. I actually <laughs> ate it raw a couple times. I just bit into did it. I eat it? I don't remember eating it. I a sliced up some year. and ate them. Um, but it's funny be- okay. before this year though, I don't know if I had, like, yeah. I'm sure I had a turnip, but I didn't remember it. Yep. So, but no, usually we eat the greens or something. Yeah. They came in crazy them. early in the year. And then well, I think tomatoes were probably number two. Oh yeah. Which is really, really ironic because as you know, yes. I don't, you don't use, like tomatoes. I don't, tomatoes are not my favorite. I don't and let me tell tomatoes. you folks, I watched this man put many a tomato <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> Trying to overcome his dislike for tomatoes because he's like, I grew them. They have to be good. Everybody keeps saying how amazing they are. And I think it was so sweet because I think you just really wanted to share in our joy. Right. You guys are like, this is the best tomatoes ever. And I'm like, happy and enjoying them so much. And you're like, 
I don't get it. <laughs> right. I mean, even those atomic grape tomatoes, I mean, they taste yeah, great. Yeah, those were sweet. You're like, what mm-hmm. do they taste like? I'm like, it tastes sweet, and then it's got that mm-hmm. gross tomato, tomato taste, taste at the end that I don't like. <laughs> so on the flip side of that same coin, what was your least successful or least favorite crop? And will um, it be making a comeback next year? <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, no, my least successful crop was my pumpkins and squash. Oh, yeah. And I had... I had a bunch of pumpkins, and the craziest thing is, I got this kind of pumpkin, they're called Early Prince, and I thought, oh good, I'll have them before the market finishes in the first week of October. Early Prince, like Prince with a crown? Yes. Prince, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh cool, I'll plant these this year, they'll come up, I'll definitely have them by the end of September in the first week of October, and I planted <laughs> them, and I had 12 pumpkins. Yeah. In July. Were, were at the end of July. <laughs> right. And I'm All like, right. and they're ripe. And I was like, what the hell? Bright orange, I? the right size. I'm like, what am I going to do? Nobody's going to buy Nobody wants pumpkins a pumpkin in July. In Ohio. We're still holding on to boat season, John. We're not <laughs> right, buying right, pumpkins right. in and July. And so I'm like, October, Halloween's like months away. And so I left them in the ground. Uh, I did research and learned later that I could have probably picked them then and dried them or something and cleaned them and and kept them but I just kept them I was like oh I'll just leave them on the vine and then a few weeks later um I noticed a couple bugs I'm like oh they'll be fine they'll be fine and then the squash bugs just took over and they destroyed those um and then unfortunately I had planted my second succession of um yellow squash summer squash and sure. and, mm-hmm. the, and green zucchini and uh it, yeah last year two. yeah last so, year we were flush with zucchini like we yeah. were people were like we, they'd come over and we were like, would you like a beer and a zucchini? <laughs> we sent everybody who stepped beer, foot in our house, zucchini. which is a lot of people because we have a lot of friends here. We're, we sent yeah. everybody home with at least two zucchinis and some of them were the length of their arm. Right. I mean, they were right. massive. So this year I was like, hey, how come I'm not trying to figure out the 19th no. way to cook a zucchini and you're like squash bugs which did you even know what a squash bug was i had never was? heard of squash bugs um i also didn't know that squash bugs will attack pumpkins and squash and zucchini and i, I had no idea in fact one of the things is that i'll definitely um plant more of next year is yellow or summer squash and zucchini um the problem this year is because it rained so much in this in the beginning of the year i had to get the zucchini and the squash in the ground and the it was too wet for them to till because this is the first year that i was using this plot it was too wet to till so i couldn't put it in where i wanted to put it in originally and so i had to find places around our house to plant you know the the 20 plants i had and they came in okay but it wasn't full sun and it wasn't ideal um so we had some and i sold every week i sold every single one i had but the problem is I only had like, you know, 10 or 15 or, you know, eight or four or six. So, mm-hmm. and even the, like the patty pan squash went over real well oh, that too. that was so cute. And those, yeah. I mean, I could, so have, different. I could have sold and I could have put those in the Tasty Tuesday bags. Like people would have loved What that, was the funniest so. quote on Facebook? Because you're like, this is a patty pan squash. And oh. has anybody ever heard of it? And what do you do with <laughs> what it? Did they, what did somebody say? It's like patty pan or... um knickknack patty wagon no it's like, like it was, yeah i was like for it's like you make patty cakes out of them that's what he said yes you patty make patty cake, cakes out patty of cakes. them <laughs> ben did that ben yeah. said that right oh my gosh that was funny i don't know it was a friend of yours i can't remember who it was <laughs> but yeah so that was the. so i'm surprised you didn't so yeah. bring up actually 
cucumbers because I thought your cucumber crop was oh, the very were, popular. We were flush with cucumbers. Because I... A, just a bumper crop. We had the funniest way of picking cucumbers. <laughs> and before yes, we tell we that story, I just want to say, I only have one question left. John, help, sure. me, help me with questions on here. And he snuck this... Was your wife supportive question in here? <laughs> Which might tie into the cucumber picking story. So we'll end with was your wife supportive and the cucumber picking story. Yes, I you know, I may have, you know, yes, this is you're the host of this podcast and this is your, you know, free reign of this podcast, but I may have prepared ahead and give you like mm, two, four, six, eight, eight or ten questions. Well, I was writing a book. Right. As so we've established. And I may have <laughs> snuck one in just for fun. So what was that what was that question again, Jessica? Um was your wife supportive? My wife is always supportive. Um, obviously from so the answer is yes, but from helping me with the logo design, helping me with uh, I mean just you you came to the farmers market to help me set up. Um, my display, you helped me do that. A chalkboard. Hello. Oh, the chalkboard. Good <laughs> Lord. If you would ever, if anybody knows me, which you do, I mean, if I was just drawing on the chalkboard that I had at the farmer's market as a sign, it would, nobody would have showed up. It would have been so bad. But no, just did that. Um, I mean, you always came by and I would be so busy some mornings. Like some mornings I'd get up at six o'clock. I'd start packing up for the farmer's market. I'd go put the signs up at seven knowing that I have to have my tent up at 8 o'clock because it takes me an hour to set up. And then I would forget to get lunch. And then I'm like, it's 10 o'clock. And I'm like, I'm hungry. Maybe I should eat breakfast too. And so I'm like, uh, Jess, can you bring me? So she would come by, swing up there with the dog, drop off some breakfast, get whatever I forgot. Because how many times did I forget something? Uh, yeah, quite a bit in the beginning. I mean, yeah. it's hard to remember everything because yeah. you are setting up from scratch and tearing down. Oh, man. Every week. Yeah, and it was different each week. And then, yeah, like, I forget what I... I forgot and you something one week. mentioned like, this that? class in Arizona, that the Curtis Stone class. You mentioned it, and it was, you know, costly and required a flight. Absolutely. And um, you were like, but it's close to your aunt's house. And right. um, When I first brought it up, yeah, I was just kind of like, man, I really would like to go to his class. And he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't do, teach a lot of classes like this. And it's an intensive... I mean, it's a five-day hands-on course where you're there you're on a farm you're learning you're not in a classroom i mean you were but yeah but i mean but you're either in the classroom or on a farm right from nine to five every day and you're able to learn from you know curtis stone i've watched all his youtube videos i bought his book i'm gonna get him on this podcast somehow yes and and you know he so he was kind of a mentor to me like you know so this is the perfect example of how to do this and i just i saw that he had a class opening in Phoenix, and I was like, "Wow, Phoenix!" I'm like, "Oh, your aunt and uncle are there," and I just man- mentioned it to Jess, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I was thinking about it. this would be kind of cool to go to the class." You're like, "We'll do it." Yeah, I'm like, I really? did. Really? Yeah. And you're like, "Yes, do it." And I was like, "All right, well, let's figure out a way to do that." Yeah. And so it was. It's funny because you mentioned Serenby, the um, well, wellness wellness that we visited, mm-hmm. and you were like, "My friend Rob told me about Serenby," and this is before. Curtis Stone. Well, maybe not before Curtis Stone, but it was before you right. really had had an inkling to farm anything. Oh, this was I mean, before, we had gardens. We planted herbs and a few this things. Was long but this is long before, before I had that. Any idea? Of and you starting said a there's a wellness anything. community, and I'm really curious about it, and I think we want to visit it. And I said, "Let's, let's go. go." 
You're like, when are we going? You're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because we drop we dropped everything just a year or two prior to that to go to a Sam Hunt concert because, yeah. <laughs> and the only reason we went yeah. is because I was writing a book called Return of the Bad Boy, and he was a rock star, <laughs> and Sam Hunt's music came out, and I listened to Montevallo over and over and over and over again, that album, you know, all beginning to end throughout the entire book, and it flavored a lot of my scenes, and then we found out that he'd become a very big recording artist, where it was about to explode, the only places he was performing was like opening acts for like Lady Annabellum, right? Right. And then we find that this little teeny venue that he'd obviously signed a contract for before he'd won a <laughs> Grammy. Was, yeah, before he was famous. <laughs> right? So <laughs> was in North Carolina at this bar, right? This giant bar. And we just, we drove to North Carolina to go see that show just because. Because I told John, it'll never mean as much as it does now to see him in person. You know what I mean? Because I was like fresh off the book. Absolutely. I was so... um um, I lost the word. But this Not is like motivated, do, but though. inspired. That's the word it's like for. I was so inspired by right. his music. And so I felt like when you said, there's Serenby and there's Farmer's Market. And I was hearing all those same sort of like, you know, you were inspired. And you wanted right. to see it. And I was like, then we need to go. And again, with the Farmer's Market class. And I had just bought a class called B-School to take, and it was a big marketing awesome. class, which is yeah. a, it's short for business school. And yeah, and I said, I just took B-School and spent money on that. You should absolutely do this if you want to. And when we were in Arizona before we knew it, and you were learning that. Because I've learned that you need to pay attention to those little inklings, those little pulls, you know, just like when we were talking about my job's not what I expected it to be anymore, and I... I long to do something different. I want to grow over here. And I was like, do it, do it, do it. Just lean in. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. And this has been, I mean, we've had a great relationship, you know, and we have supported each other on multiple things. I mean, it goes back to when you wanted to go to school for graphic oh, design. Definitely. I'm like, well, just do that. Yeah. I mean, and you wouldn't have learned so many things. You wouldn't be where we are now no, because of that. No way. I mean, you know, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to quit your job yep. uh, and do party light full time, which was right? crazy to most people. Direct but sales, yeah. Yeah, that's insane, right? But I was making less well. than half of what I made in my corporate job that correct. I had just gone and gotten a degree to For, get the job <laughs> that yeah, I yeah. had. But there's just sometimes your soul really calls you to a different to something different. And I know we do a lot of those things and they I know we must look strange <laughs> other yeah. people like you're doing what yeah, I, you're going the, where well, the feedback we get now grand you don't ever hear all the negative feedback <laughs> but no we you, get a lot let's of hope the, not. Yeah. like we're the fun couple or you crazy kids and that's kind of what yeah. i like to hear because we we go after things like we do things like i didn't say oh that's a great idea the farmer's market serenby you know they have an organic farm down there how fun That'd be great to do and then be like, no. And it was like, no, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I have to figure out how to do it. And then I talked about the class to Jess and she's like, well, let's go. And I was like, awesome. Um, in fact, I, I didn't, I kind of had prepped a lot of things that I had um, had ideas that I was going to plant for the season at the farm. But I actually pa put pause on, push pause on that until I went to the class because I thought, if I'm going to learn how to do anything, it's going to be at this class 
with Curtis Stone and Eric Schultz on, you know, at Steadfast Farm. So let me just not make any plans or not even like, you know, dig up anything until I come back. But it was everything. It it was was marketing and it was huge. I mean, it wasn't just here's how you grow your vegetables, even though it it was was that. It was was an amazing class. Yeah, it was very all encompassing. Yeah, and no, it was it was totally worth the money we spent. Um, and thank you, Beth and Pete. For letting us, yes, thank for you, Beth putting us Peter. out for the week, which was awesome, and taking us out to some awesome breweries as well. So, so before we get um, filleted by everybody, you have to tell how we picked cucumbers. <laughs> I'm just remembering. We went I'm off on like, this little tangent, and people are sitting there going, tell me about the flipping the, cucumbers. The cucumbers. Or maybe not. Maybe they don't care about oh, cucumbers. No. But, but no, we were uh, we were totally flushing cucumbers. It was an absolute... And you grew those here. Bumper in our crop. backyard. Yeah, so we I can actually look out the window and see where they were growing. But I had planted cucumbers and I thought I wanted to make sure I plant enough cuz you know, I've got this farmers market and people are going to love cucumbers and they came in like crazy. Yeah. And so every other day for about 6 or 8 weeks probably I was picking like 40 to 60 cucumbers. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. And so we have, there's a fence line that we used that I used as a trellis for the cucumbers that they grew on. And so they came in so thick that the easiest way to get there was for one person to drive the golf cart on the other <laughs> side, which by the way is a great farm tool. That was our, that was our, that was our best tool was the Ohio State golf Modern cart. day farming folks. Yes. Yes. Where amazing. our fence line stops, there's a little bit of grass and then there's our neighbor's fence line. So there was this narrow sort of runway. Yeah, a little road there. <laughs> and we could, dr- so the easiest way to do it is because there was so many cucumbers. You know, if I just went in there myself, I'd pick four or six that I could hand my hand and I'd have to walk back and put them in a container, mm-hmm. walk back over. So it took forever. And then I'm like, hey, Jess, could you help me pick some cucumbers? And so she would drive the golf cart on the other side of the fence. Yeah. I'd pick them, hand them to her, po- point out the ones on the other side to pick. And yep. we would just fill up a giant tub of cucumbers. Yes, of English and and pickle cucumbers yeah the pickle cucumbers too but they were just coming in like and i didn't realize because i'm not a farmer (laughs) at all everybody asked if does your wife help what does your wife do and i'm like uh his wife writes books like i don't know what to tell you right right right. (laughs) i have a certain skill set (laughs) yeah she didn't plant one seed (laughs) i did you know I she didn't. didn't help string up a tomato. But I was but... surprised that how sharp they are. They're very spiny. And so you have to wear gloves. And I did have gardening gloves. I think some earlier version of me <laughs> like believed that I was going to to really be into gardening and get my hands. Because everybody talks about getting your hands into the dirt. It's just not my thing. But I'm a I can cook anything, so you can. I pride myself in cooking the vegetables yes. that you grow. But yeah, it's but yeah, you have to wear the gloves and get the spines bought, off them. Yeah, so. if you've ever only bought cucumbers at the store, store mm-hmm. they're nice and smooth. Um, but when you pick them, they have they have spines on them. You've got to knock the spines off. And so do the leaves and the mm-hmm. stems and everything. Which I yeah. think you know it's the plant's defense against animals. Sure. And so so golf cart folks, don't get rid of your golf cart oh if you're God. going to have a garden because you it's really oh did come in handy. Yeah the the golf cart was great. It was exactly one mile from our house to what we call the North Field at my buddy mm-hmm. Steve's place. Oh yeah. Where I had I probably had two thirds of the farm over there, if not three quarters. Oh yeah, um, it was a it was a bigger definitely. It, I mean, it's, it's a, a sizable field, land. and 
actually, we didn't talk about, although we probably did before, that mm-hmm. you were given Garden of the Month or what yeah, was it? Yeah, we were the Garden Club gave us Garden the, Club yeah, gave the it Garden to of you. the Month. Yes, award, and they and so. we had the we hosted the Garden Club at our house. They all came by for a tour. Yeah. A tour of the North Field mm-hmm. in our house, too. Which, which was really I totally fun. stole John's Thunder because I walked Always. Gemma outside on a leash, <laughs> and then everybody was like, the dog! And whatever John was saying, I think three people were and listening to. I'm like, but to. tomatoes! <laughs> but, but, to, yeah. but cucumbers! And but they're petting the dog. And they're like, this is the cutest dog ever. I'm like, thanks, Jessica. Well, that so. is all the questions I have for you, Farmer John. Unless you, if there's anything else you want to touch on. Let's see if I have any notes here. Hard work, good for the soul. I think I did. No, <laughs> you I hit just, on all oh, your one thing I wanted points. to mention too. It's kind of interesting. I, my brother David does all the ancestry history, and uh, I'll put a link uh, in the show notes to the podcast we did with him. Oh, that was a great one, which yeah. was really cool. But I asked him. I emailed him one day, and I said, "Hey, are there any? You know, I'm I'm getting this persona of Farmer John now, and I like most a lot of the people at Lockengren know me as Farmer John, which I think is fun." I said, are there any Farmer Johns in our ancestry? And he went back. And uh, so apparently our great, great, great grandfathers, there was two great, great, great grandfathers that were farmers. And now I don't think that's, I think it's cool that their names were John. But as far as being farmers, if you go back, you know, 150 years, (laughs) I think most people (laughs) were farmers. It was either farmers or people who were starving to death. Right, yeah, Yeah, or like Smiths or something like that. What I thought was interesting, too, though, is um, if I go with, you know, where did I become a farmer and a beer brewer? So if I go back to my great-great-grandfather, right. Grimm, which was John Johan, Johan Grimm, was a brewer at the Springfield Brewery. Yeah. And then I've got two Farmer Johns in my past, too. So I just kind of think I feel like I'm kind of in tune with in what my DNA. family history is yeah. and how that worked out. Which so. is also big for you. Yeah, and the only other thing I wanted is just one of the coolest things that, and that I love about farming and growing things is just the lesson of abundance. Because you take a little tiny seed, you put it in the ground, mm-hmm. um, and like tomatoes was a great example, right? So you put like a couple little tomato seeds in the ground, yeah. you get one tomato plant, it grows up like a freaking tree, and you could, depending on the thing, I mean, you could get hundreds of tomatoes from one seed and oh, I just yeah. think it's amazing how you know God or whatever you believe the universe whatever it is but you know it's just so abundant nature mm-hmm. is just so abundant right where you put a couple seeds in the ground and you just have this amazing crop and tons of seeds next year and we walk around wondering like thinking we can't accomplish anything right. and and yet like you said I mean I remember my mom planting tomatoes this year as well and she said I have tomatoes that are still coming up because we had like a late like heat wave we did, here yeah, in Ohio. Which was interesting, yeah. And so all of her, t- she had all these green tomatoes again that just kind of popped up on the vine. And she was like, I can't. <laughs> like, I've already canned. <laughs> right, like, right. Right, she canned like <laughs> 20 jars of tomatoes or whatever. And she's like, I can't have any. Right. I think I got my $4 in seeds <laughs> worth was what she said to me. And I just laughed. I said, right, at some point you kind of have to let it go. But I think you're right. I think God delivers like a hundredfold on this one right. little promise of yeah. you're going to have a tomato plant. And then it's like, what am I going to do with all these tomatoes? What am I going to do with all these zucchini? So, yeah. yeah. And it's even crazier. Like, so I saved seeds from these snacker, sweet snacker peppers, mini snackers. 
And that you like, bought at the store? Yeah, I bought mm-hmm. at the store probably, what, three years ago, I think? Mm-hmm. And um, I just love these peppers. And I saved the seeds, and I planted them that year, and then I saved them from last year. And we just had just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tomato or of, uh, peppers from these seeds that I saved. So not only was it super abundant, but it was like completely free. Like I had just saved the seed. In fact, there were tomato plants and pepper plants and a few other plants that just came up from last year Yeah, that were volunteered. I didn't even put anything in the ground. I didn't even try to grow them. So it's very, very interesting. So, but yeah, I just think nature, God, and the universe is just so abundant. And here we are worried about, um, you know, having enough money to do this and that. And it's like, Everything is just so abundant. Yeah. You just have to see it. So Exactly. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end. Plus, our dog just came in here to remind us it's time for her dinner. <laughs> Hungry. <laughs> She's Hungry. like, guys. Yeah. If you Jenna's heard her like... little, her tags jingling, that's what that was. Time to feed the dog and fill up some more water. But yeah, I don't know how you end this thing usually. Do you just go, well, bye. <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. Tombstone. Well, bye. Well, bye. Well, usually we talk about... Um, where you can find things in the oh, show right. notes. So check your show notes for the photo of John's amazing uh, farmer's market setup. And of course, if you live locally to Farmer John, the farmer's market will be returning next year, correct? Correct. 2020 farmer's Absolutely. market. Absolutely. Should be and, starting in um, June. You can learn more about John Lemon at thejohnlemon.com. Correct. And I'll have... Things about my book, things about the farmer's market, things, yes. other things going on. Your book called? Beer Makes Everything Better. Beer Makes Everything Better. Honoring that that uh, family great, great ancestry. Yeah. And, great of course, if you want to find anything out about me, it's at jessicalemon.com. Uh, romance, beer, and vegetables, people. That's what we do. <laughs> and uh, so then there's also anything we mentioned in here will be in the show notes for the podcast at onedrinkwithjohn.com. Jessica, take us away. See you next week, everybody.